0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and this week, I want to start us off on one of my favorite subjects, economics. We're going to start today by talking on a subject that will likely take me about half a dozen episodes to really cover, which is going to be central banks and what they do. In the United States, we have the Federal Reserve, and in Europe, there is the European Central Bank, or the ECB. For all of my international listeners out there, I'm going to be talking about the specific tools and movements of the U.S. Federal Reserve. However, the ECB has essentially the same toolbox with which to do their job. So let's go ahead and talk about central banks.
1: You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host.
0: All right, so what are central banks? Well, in short, they are the banker's bank or the lender of last resort. We're going to go into why they get those nicknames a little bit later, but their primary job is to establish and enforce monetary policy. When we think about the government and its relationship to money and the economy, everything is split into one of two categories. You have fiscal policy, and then you have monetary policy. Fiscal policy, generally speaking, is how the government decides to handle the income and spending of the federal government. This, of course, means taxes and government spending. Monetary policy is how the government wants to either stimulate or slow down an economy, or simply, how they want to guide the overall economic activity of the country. Fiscal policy and monetary policy are not managed by the same organizations. That was done purposefully to prevent foul play and, let's be real here, cheating. If the same groups of people controlled both sets of policy, hypothetically they could drop interest rates to near zero, have the nation take on trillions of dollars in debt, and then raise rates right back to normal. This would cause huge problems within the economy, but hey, the government can still score some cheap money. So the question then becomes, who controls what section of policy? Well, in the United States, Congress manages fiscal policy and the Federal Reserve handles monetary policy. In the EU, for the most part, each country handles its own fiscal policy and the European Central Bank handles the monetary policy for all of the member nations. So let's get a little bit more into the weeds. We're not going to talk about taxes and spending in these Federal Reserve episodes, so there's going to be virtually no talk on fiscal policy. We're here for the monetary policy. The Federal Reserve System of the United States, also known as the Fed, has what is known as a dual mandate. This means that Congress has charged the Fed with two jobs. They are to maintain price stability and support low unemployment. Their job is to use their powers over monetary policy to accomplish both mandates. The single biggest way that the Federal Reserve can influence the economy and thereby achieve their dual mandate is to control the money supply. And that means exactly what it sounds like. The Federal Reserve can directly and indirectly control how much money is in the financial system in order to influence the economy. Now, I said we were covering economics today, and it's time for me to pony up. We're going to talk a little bit about supply and demand. If, throughout the economy, there is a massive supply of money available, well, that means there's got to be reduced demand for that money. Reduced demand for money means that interest rates will fall. If interest rates fall and there's a huge supply of money, we're looking at an economic expansion. Businesses and entrepreneurs are borrowing money for cheap and using it to start businesses, expand their product lines, build new factories, open new stores, and maybe give their employees some raises. Speaking of employees... Cheap interest rates also means that consumers can buy cars and houses without having crazy large payments. Or maybe they upgrade cars and houses for cheap interest rates, which is what we're seeing now. Consumers also tend to go shopping more, eat out more, and in general, just spend more money. Spending more money, of course, turns around and helps out the businesses, and the cycle continues. What if there's not a massive supply of money in the economy? Well, if you just thought to yourself, well, it's probably the opposite. You're correct. A shortage in the money supply means that you don't have enough cash to satisfy the demand. This leads to higher interest rates because now there is a premium on getting loaned that money. High interest rates means that people and businesses tend to borrow less money, focus on paying down the debt that they have, tighten budgets to avoid waste, and lay off employees. We call this environment a recession. I think it is important to note here that economics is more art than science. There is no magical supply of money that is considered perfect or ideal. It constantly fluctuates, and it's something that central banks have to target and try to go after. Keep in mind also that while central banks like the ECB and the Federal Reserve have great power and tools to influence the money supply, it is important to remember that they do not have control. They can nudge things in one direction or another, but they cannot command the economy to do what they want. Now, I'm going to have numerous episodes about the Federal Reserve and their powers and how they influence the economy, but I think what we've done so far is a pretty good introduction. The Fed has four overall jobs. The first, and most important, is managing monetary policy. This is where the dual mandate comes in for what that monetary policy should achieve. The next biggest responsibility is a supervisory role. The Fed has a responsibility to conduct examinations and inspect banks and depository institutions to ensure that they are following the laws and regulations to the letter. In short, the Fed is one of the biggest regulators in the U.S. financial system. They typically inspect every member bank in the system every 12 to 18 months to ensure that they are following the rules and are not in overly risky positions to where there's a threat of the bank collapsing. They'll check each bank to make sure they have enough liquidity, that the institutions are following all the laws related to credit and underwriting, most notably all the fair credit laws, and they ensure that the banks are not putting depositors' money towards overly risky assets, to the extent that the bank is at an elevated risk of collapse. The last two responsibilities of the Federal Reserve are to A, service the federal government, and B, service other banks. For the federal government, the Fed acts as a liaison between the Department of Treasury and the other banks. The Fed also works with regional banks to help collect taxes and distribute government bonds when they're purchased. As far as the banks go, the Federal Reserve distributes the paper money to depository institutions, mostly banks, and when banks have extra physical cash in their vaults, they'll deliver it to the Federal Reserve, who then stores the physical cash until it's needed again. This is where we get the Bank for Banks, or the Banker's Bank nickname, because banks have accounts with the Fed where they can deposit and withdraw money to put into their bank vaults and, of course, their teller drawers. Along the same lines, the Federal Reserve also clears checks and routes the money from the sending bank to the receiving bank. Fun fact, the U.S. Federal Reserve clears about 18 billion checks every year. So all of those are the responsibilities of the Federal Reserve. Now, I do have a pet peeve that I want to get off my chest, so please forgive the next couple seconds of the show. The Federal Reserve does not print money. There have been a lot of memes over the past year talking about, oh, the Federal Reserve money printers, or money printer go burr or the Federal Reserve has printed 20% of all money this year, and just stuff like that. I'm going to say it again. The Federal Reserve does not print money. The U.S. Mint is in charge of and actually prints money. The U.S. Mint is a branch of the Department of Treasury. The Department of Treasury and the Federal Reserve are two very different organizations. The Federal Reserve can increase the money supply, but they do not print money. The Federal Reserve may hold a ton of cash in their vaults on behalf of banks, but again, they don't print it. Okay, I'm done. The last thing I want to cover is the actual makeup of the Federal Reserve. The reason that the Fed is called the Federal Reserve System is because the Fed is made up of 12 independently run regional banks that are each named after the city they're headquartered in. Those 12 banks each independently handle the federal government liaison, bank inspection, check processing, and cash handling responsibilities for their respective region. Most regions also have multiple branches to help manage these tasks. For example, the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco has branches in the states of Washington, Oregon, California, and Utah. Here's another fun fact. You know how your bank has a routing number? Well, the first two numbers of your routing number are the code for which Federal Reserve Bank your deposits and checks should be processed through. It's going to be a number between 01 and 12. For example, if the first two numbers are 01, that's the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston. If it's a one one, then it's the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. So I think that's going to about cover us for our first episode on the Federal Reserve. I have several more episodes planned, so don't be nervous if you still have questions. In fact, Feel free to send those questions to me via email or Twitter. My links are in the description below, and I'll be sure to answer them in upcoming episodes. To avoid boring y'all, I am not going to have all the Federal Reserve episodes back-to-back and in a row. Instead, I'm going to stagger them over the next couple of weeks and months, and just in case a few of you, you know, just don't care. I don't blame you for not caring, but for those of you that are curious, don't forget that what the Federal Reserve does on a daily basis has a very apparent and very tangible effect on your life and your job. I've been Alex, and I'll see you all next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.